Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we talk about a page of Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it directly into your ears. This is page 538. Tempe looked at me blankly for a second, then burst out laughing. A shy smile flickered onto his face, making him look very young. It left his mouth quickly, but lingered around his eyes. Smart, yes, different in Adem. For you, close. He stepped uncomfortably close, then backed away. For me, I asked. Is it different for different people? He nodded. Yes. How close for Dayton? He fidgeted. Complicated. I felt a familiar curiosity flicker up inside me. Tempe, I asked, would you teach me these things? Teach me your language? Yes, he said. And though his face betrayed none of it, I could hear a great weight of relief in his voice. Yes, please. Yes. By the end of the afternoon, I had learned a wild, useless scattering of Adamic words. The grammar was still a mystery, but that is how it always begins. Luckily, languages are like musical instruments. The more you know, the easier it is to pick up new ones. Edemic was my fourth. Our major problem was that Tempe's Aturin was not very good, which gave us little common ground. So we drew in the dirt, pointed, and waved our hands quite a bit. Several times, when mere gestures were not enough, we ended up performing something close to pantomime or little mummer's plays in order to get our meaning across. It was more entertaining than I had expected. There was one stumbling block the first day. I had learned a dozen words and thought of another that would be useful. I made a fist and pretended to throw a punch at Tempe. Freyat, he said. Freyat, I repeated. He shook his head. No, Freyat. Freyat, I said carefully. No, he said firmly. Freyat is... He bared his teeth and worked his jaw as if he were biting something. Freyat. He punched his fist into his palm. Freyat, I said. No, I was amazed at the weight of condescension in his voice. Freyat. My face got hot. That's what I'm saying. Freyat, Freyat, Freyat. Tempe reached out and smacked me on the side of the head with the flat of his hand. It was the same way he had struck Dayton last night, the way my father had cuffed me when I was being troublesome in public. It wasn't hard enough to hurt. It was just startling. No one had done that to me in years. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have a thing. I have a thing. It was the same way he had struck Dayton... And the words you have on your page are? Last night. Ah, in my book it is two nights before. Which, of ah. course, is correct. Because because yesterday he went out with Tempe and today uh, Tempe's out with Dayden and Hespi. Martin's out with Dayden and Hespi. Yes, yes. Yeah, so I mean. well spotted and well fixed. This says to me that this is how they teach or this is part of it. A little bit of uh, harmless corporal punishment. And this also might be a bit of what it might help to frame how Tempe was treating Dayton sort of as like a troublesome child. This is how mm. you sort of you you discipline a, a, a child who's acting it in public or if you're teaching someone, you know, like I had a geography teacher who used to give us a loving rap on the knuckles. Not with like a ruler, though. <laughs> No, not with a ruler. Like she would, she would literally like, she would go, oh, and then she would take your hand and she would like pat it essentially. Right. And this is how I, this is how I think of it with Quoth, maybe not so with Dayton, but it, it speaks to how the, the Adam, or at least how Tempe wants to teach. I think it's meant to be like a reset, right? Like it's like, shut up and listen. You're not listening. Smack. Like this. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we kind of glossed over this, but obviously this is when Quoth, realizes oh he has real trouble we have real trouble communicating with each other i should try to learn the language rather than like asking him something private like what's your religion all about buddy he's like 
tell me tell me how to like <laughs> say hello and that's what like actually gets them talking to each other uh and also a great way to pass the time because learning a language is hard unless you're a genius like quoth quoth this is an i think an uncharacteristic i mean okay you can read this uncharitably that Quoth is humble bragging here by saying like, this is the fourth language I've learned. I actually think this is a rare moment of unselfconscious, like unintentional modesty. Cause I don't think Quoth, Quoth can do a lot of incredible things. I think he's not putting as much weight as he could on how impressive it is to know more than two languages. Uh, and maybe I'm coming from a place of, simple ignorance as a woefully monolinguistic person. It's incredibly impressive to me when somebody knows any more than one language and, and exponentially more impressive to me, the more languages, you know, especially languages that aren't related to each other. And as we start to learn the Adam language is unique. It's not like any other language Quoth has encountered before. Unlike say, you know, French and Spanish and Portuguese and Italian. And I know people who, are conversant in like three of those languages. And that's still really impressive to me. But at the very least, it is easier to learn one of those if you already know one of the other ones because they do have a lot in common because they're all based on a common root language. But learning languages that are totally, like based on totally different vocabularies and rules of grammar is really daunting. And I think Quoth deserves a pat on the back. I agree. And also... Because we're talking about languages, so he's saying the more languages you know, the easier it is to learn other ones, which I feel like, yes, but with a caveat, and the caveat being that, like, some languages are similar to one another. So, like, if you know French, it's easier to learn Spanish, but if you know French, it's not any easier to learn Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Something that Kvothe is touching on on this page, and we'll talk about a little bit more tomorrow, I imagine, is that... In many languages, there are phenomes that are unique to that language or lacking in others. For example, my partner speaks many languages. Uh, one of them is Marathi. In Marathi, there's a consonant that I cannot make. So I'm, I'm trying to learn it uh, from my partner and she will say the consonant and I cannot do it. She, it sounds like the, but it's not. Me saying me saying the is not it. It's it's I, I can't I can't even begin to approximate it. But it it's sort of how it's it's very much the the game they have on this page where Tempe says something and then Kvotha says, Well, I'm saying it. She and I have the exact same conversation. Well mm-hmm. she'll say duh and I'll say duh and she'll say no no duh and then we have a screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean and it's one of those things where like if your mouth if you did not grow up like making that shape with your mouth, it's really difficult. Like that's why people who speak Japanese, for example, have a hard time with the L sound that exists in English because that sound does not exist in Japanese. So like they have to learn a whole new way of like making, like making a shape with their tongue in their mouth to make it. But of course, as we will learn on tomorrow's page, that's not quite the issue Quoth is having, or at least it's, not the entire issue Quoth is having, because that's related to a different problem of languages that English does not have. I just want to correct myself. I said phenome. The word is phoneme. phoneme. So don't add me. <laughs> or do. Pillory me. Pho- phoneme us. Phoneme us at our, our free, our toll-free hotline. <laughs> 1-800-phonemepagethewind.com.
<laughs> that is a real phone number. Don't phone me. <laughs> Jeremy, that's an all-time great joke of yours. I'm I'm very chuffed. Uh, well, I'm glad. I, I get I get like one a year. Yeah, yeah. This this page also, just like generally speaking, addresses an anthropological problem that I have always found interesting because I don't understand how people do it, which is how do you learn a language from somebody else when neither of you has a language in common? You know, like when when European people arrived on the shores of, of uh, North America and started communicating with the people who already lived here, they didn't have a language in common. How the hell did they teach each other their languages? Like, it's just insane to me. Because you, you have to start from like, like, where do you start? You know, it's just like, it's it's a problem that like people have faced throughout human history. And every time I go, but how? Uh, and there are many works of fantasy and science fiction in particular that have found a lot of different ways to like tackle this problem. And I do find it like just a really interesting, an interesting problem because it's one that has come up in human history a lot. And there's so many different ways to go about it. We have a short letter today from our good friend Curtis, who writes on no subject. Wait, why does Kotkvoth feel comfortable with naming and then describing all of the Chandrian multiple times within a handful of days while telling his story? Signed, Curtis. Good question, Curtis. Perhaps that is the point. Perhaps that is the design. Or maybe the Chandrian are no longer a threat. Uh, But I, I don't think that's incidental. I don't think that's incidental. I think that the Chandrian are named over and over in as part of this story, and that can't be a coincidence. Yeah, I think that the the obvious answer is that the Chandrian, by the point of the frame narrative, are not a threat. At least, not a threat to Quoth. Mm. Because he's one of them. Bum, bum, if 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 Quoth has indeed turned to the dark side and become a Chandranoid, that might be an explanation. But I do think that the that that's a question we're meant to ask. Why is he naming the Chandrian? Are they not a threat? And if so, why? Well, if you have a solution to this ponderous phoneme, why don't you phoneme in us by writing a letter to our email, which is pageofthewind.gmail.com. And we'll phoneme home tomorrow name on tomorrow's page. Uh, the way. Way.